WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Well, good morning, everyone. Tim Decker here with you. Uh, I'm not sure where you're listening from, but here in south-central Pennsylvania, as I'm looking outside, we have a beautiful blue sky and sunshine, which is more than welcome, although it sounds like uh, we may be having some of that white stuff later on before the day's over. But regardless, let's uh, spend the next hour together talking about you and your finances, and if there's anything that I can do to help you out, anything you'd like to bounce off me, you want a second opinion, I'll do my very best to provide you, as always, straightforward, unbiased financial truths, as it is my goal here on Financial Freedom to be your trusted resource for financial truth. If you want to uh, discuss anything with me, let me just remind you, we do speak with you based upon when we receive your call or email. So if you have something that you'd like to do, discuss with me you can reach me here uh live by calling 717-540-0580 that's 717-540-0580 and anywhere else toll free it's 800-724-5801 again that's 800-724-5801 and for those of you who are just absolute phone shy you can email me live here at ffradio at comcast.net that's ff for financial freedom ffradio at comcast.net if you email me kindly just give me uh, your first name and where you're located so we uh, can uh, have your name and your locale when uh, I Comment on whatever it is that you uh, are inquiring of. Again, if you have any questions about your own investments, uh, maybe something that you are considering, questions about your IRA, your Roth IRA, retirement plan at work, maybe you're currently retired and uh, you've got some monies that you're not sure what to do with, or maybe you have some current investments that you just want a second opinion on or something you're contemplating uh, anything. If it's important to you, I promise I will make it important to me. Well, rewind two weeks ago and fear was everywhere amongst investors. The market was going through a perfectly normal, yes, perfectly normal. Uh, that's in contrast to abnormal. The markets were going through a perfectly normal and healthy temporary decline, which 
as I've shared with you on numerous occasions, going back since World War II, on average, we've had a decline of 10% or more on average once a year, a 15% decline or so on average, give or take about every three to three and a half years, and a 20%, which is the technical definition of a bear market, on average about once every five years. So if on average we've had a decline of 10% or more once a year, and by the way, that average has been about 13 to 14% each time uh, we've had that so-called correction of 10% or more. I ask you, if that is the average and it has happened once a year, why is it? Why is it when these events take take place that people become so frightened? And one of the things we're going to talk about t- today is confidence. Confidence. How confident, how truly confident are you that your investments are set up in such a way that when we have the next decline, which could start Monday, it may not be for another month, it may not be for another three years. I nor anyone else have no have a clue. Many, unfortunately, will lead you to believe or attempt to lead you to believe that they do, which is outright nonsense. But your confidence or lack thereof, knowing that you are prepared, is is what will or will not get you through market declines. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what are some things that you can do to help you have the confidence that you need, that that you truly can not only weather the next market decline, but actually be able to capitalize on that. I'm also going to share with you a very fulfilling experience that I personally had this last week with a client. And uh, to me, there's a lot behind this. And I just want to share with you what it meant to me, hopefully what it can mean to you, and some practical, uh, some practical steps that hopefully you can derive that you can put into place for you as a result of that. So we're going to go to the break here in about one minute. When we come back, um, we'll start taking your calls. If you have anything that you'd like to discuss with me, do not be shy. But uh, I just want to say a big thank you for you taking time this Saturday morning to be here. And as always, my pledge is to do my very, very best to provide you with some practical, substantive information that you can put into play. Because so much of what you hear on the radio is talking about uh, specific products, specific guesses, and that's really all they are, by financial people, uh, 
individual stocks, talking about uh, indiv- uh, uh, certain sectors, talking about specific mutual funds that, that they think are going to do well over the next year based upon what's going on in the economy. Uh, unfortunately, there are many television infomercials and more and more pre-recorded radio shows all over the U.S., not only here, but all over the U.S., that ultimately are designed to get you lured into free lunch workshops, free lunch seminars, whatever, to ultimately play on your emotions and many, many times ultimately try to sell you complicated, expensive, high-commissioned products, and one of those most often being fixed indexed annuities. On this show here, I do my very best to help educate you and warn you and make sure that you have the information that you need as a consumer to help avoid all the financial landmines that are all around you. So stay with me here for the next hour together. Let's talk about whatever it is that you have on on your mind, and again, thank you for making us part of your Saturday morning. You can reach me here, 717-540-0580, that's 717-540-0580, or toll-free, it's 800-724-5801. I'm Tim Decker, and the name of this show is Financial Freedom. We'll be right back. A lot of financial advisors won't want you to hear what we say. This is the financial show that represents you, not Wall Street. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. All right, welcome back. Tim Decker here with you. Financial Freedom, talking any and all things financial. Let's go right to... The phones, we have Mr. Robert from Camp Hill. Hi, Robert. How are you, sir, and how can I most help you? Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You're welcome. Just, curious, just uh, wondering if you could recommend any resources. I'm looking to get into investing in uh, foreclosed properties. I grew up doing construction with my dad, so I understand the, you know, the buildings themselves. But as far as the process is concerned, I'm just wondering if you could guide me in that. I will tell you what, um, most of the stuff that's out there is designed uh, to transfer money from your pocket to their pocket, all these commercials and workshops and books and all that nonsense that's everywhere because, you know, it's amazing that I think that the vast majority of them that uh, claim to be so-called experts, uh, they spend more time and make more money off of uh, selling uh products at their dog and pony shows or infomercials than they actually do in properties themselves um, because they because they unfortunately know there's gullible suckers out there everywhere but but I have a resource and I don't have it here at my fingertips but if you will shoot me an email to my office and just just make your email detailed enough to remind me what it is that you and I spoke about on here, um, I will look it up. And there is a gentleman, um, he is nationally known. I have read uh, much of his 
materials, and the guy is a straight shooter. And what what he will do, um, and uh, uh, he, I think, he even writes a blog. But what what he does is he lays out the pros and cons, so you know the good, the bad, and the ugly, and um, uh, of different strategies of different ways of looking at it and and the guy really really is a straight shooter he's all about looking out for you the consumer and out of everything that i've ever seen about buying and selling real estate as an investment and and and, uh foreclosures and all that which i know is you know what you're you're thinking of here um that really is a resource that 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 i can highly recommend but i i just don't have it here and i cannot off the top of my head remember the guy's uh guy's name but if you will email me just um uh email me to my my attention at um isi that's isi at isifinancialgroup.com that's isi at isifinancialgroup.com. If you'll email me there, Robert, I promise you, um, assuming that we get your email, which I'm sure we will, I promise you I will look that up and I'll shoot you back an email uh, as to what that resource is. And then you owe me one thing in return. If If you look into it, and you read some of the stuff that 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 I share with you, please. Sometime in in the future, give me a call on on the radio here and let me know if it was helpful and uh, and share with me, you know, what you learned. That sounds good. I do have one other question, if I may. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm working at school, and I'd like to introduce well my own children, but also other children, you know, just into the investing process. Um, I remember a, a plaything they had years ago where, you know, it was like a mock situation. Children could invest in the market and, and watch how it grows. But I, I, for my own children, I would actually like to give them, you know, a taste of, you know, the beginning stages of it. I personally, myself, I'm, I haven't stepped into that, so I guess we're going to be stepping in it together, sort of. But is there anything resource-wise where, you know, I can, like, I don't even know where to go exactly, you know, just to get them started in that and seeing how it works and the interest of, you know, watching investments grow. And I think that opportunity could be valuable to them. Yeah. What, what, what age uh, children are you talking about? Um, mine specifically are right around that, you know, 10 to 12 range, but in, in the school itself, you know, it also goes up into high school. Okay. Um, in the same email that you're going to, email me mention that and 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 ask me in that email for suggested resources and i will shoot you with that uh, reply couple uh books couple suggestions but ultimately um i will warn you and and i strongly recommend that you do not do not get them looking at individual stocks please do not because what that does is that starts introducing them to the world of speculating, and essentially that can turn into a very dangerous way to invest. What I will highly suggest that you do in lieu of that is to 
look at and you can get a breakdown through an annual report of something like a low-cost index fund or an ETF. And what you can do is you can get a list of all of the companies uh, that this fund owns. As an example, Vanguard has a has a fund that's called the Total World Index, and you can actually see that that fund owns about six to 7,000 companies throughout the world, U.S. and overseas, and you can use that as a great tool by, <clears throat> by explaining to them that every time they invest in that fund, as an example, and it doesn't have to be that one, but, but, but just as an example, you can show them that every time you put a dollar into an investment like this, immediately you're part owner. You literally become part owner of all of these companies throughout the world, and you can show them the names. Apple's on there and, you know, uh, uh, Caterpillar and Facebook and Google, I mean, all of them. But what this does is it also allows you, Robert, to warn them against trying to speculate by trying to pick the horses on the racetrack of these individual stocks because we know that the evidence shows that trying to pick individual stocks is a loser's game. You get lucky well, you get lucky once in a while, but the vast majority of the time it's going to end up backfiring. So you can use this type of tool as a way of having that discussion with them about diversification. What does that mean and by putting money into a fund like this you never have to worry about what you know what happens to apple d down the road or caterpillar mm -hmm. because you own thousands of companies and the concept of as long as we have more winners than losers diversification is is, is the one free lunch in in the world of investing so that is a great tool in and of itself and then what you can do is you can show them how to follow the share price of that fund versus mm -hmm. individual companies, always reinforcing that that fund is priced as a reflection based on all of the companies that that fund invests in. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. That's yep. very helpful. Yep. yep. So, it, it. yeah. Anyway, just uh, mention that as well when you – Shoot me an email, and I will be more than happy to uh, uh, offer you some suggestions along th that line. And uh, I commend you for uh, uh, wanting to uh, help them at a young age. And if you can get that ingrained, and they can learn, you know, to you know, one of the one of the things that I I very much espouse for people that have young children is the three envelope approach or the three can approach and that is every time they get a dollar whether it be from allowance or or working or whatever every time they get a dollar from that dollar they they need to learn to first of all take a certain amount to put in the first can or envelope which is to whatever charity they want to so it might be church mm -hmm. it might be you know whatever it is you know they're yeah. it, it, excited about then the second envelope or can that's money that they have committed that they're going to save and then the third can is money that they put in there for them to spend on things that they want now mm -hmm. if you can teach them at this age to always 
learn to give first, save second, and then be able to spend, boy, you will go a long way to helping them in the future. So, Yeah. I hope that helps you. It does. Yes, thank you. Good good percentage, maybe like 10, 10, 80 on that, something like that. Uh, I would probably go 10, 50, and then what's left over? 10, 50, 40? Yeah, yeah. Save, save and give combined should be more than what you spend now. It helps them learn delayed gratification. But then when they give, whatever they're giving to, take the time to help them understand what it is that they, you know, again, whether it's church, whether it's St. Jude's, whatever, help them become not, I wouldn't say attached, but understanding because the sense of fulfillment that they're going to receive learning to give is will come back to them over and over and over again. So, yeah. Great. Thank you so much, sir. You're welcome, Robert. I wish you the very best and I'll look for your email. All right, let's go to the news. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. Uh, Again, if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, 717-540-0580 or toll-free to 800-724-5801, or you can email me here live, ffradio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker. Please don't go anywhere. Financial Show Central PA Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Welcome back. Second half of Financial Freedom, talking any and all things financial, where I strive to be your trusted resource for financial truths. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We have Kathy from Lancaster. Kathy, I sincerely appreciate your patience. How may I help you? Hi, Tim. Uh, I really appreciate your, your show. I've learned a lot Thank from you. it. Thank you very much. Uh, I, uh, the question I have, my husband has a retirement account. Now, we have other accounts, but this retirement account he has in two, two categories. And mm-hmm. I want to ask about the, and I know I'm not going to pronounce this right, the Wes, Wesley Income Fund, the BW. Wellesley. Wellesley. Yep. Wellesley. Yep. 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 Yeah. Through now, Vanguard. Yep. Very yeah, in Vanguard, it. he's got like forty-five uh, percent of that retirement account in that, mm-hmm. and fifty-five percent in the uh, dividend growth growth fund. Okay. Now he had to take a distribution for um, out because of his age this year, so we have this check holding to put back in. Now our accountants suggesting we put that back into another. Wellesley's account income okay. fund. Okay. Is that getting too much in that one fund? Well, first of all, uh, you may or may not be aware of this, but for your benefit and the benefit of everyone else that is tuning in here, um, Wellesley Income Fund is a actively managed fund, uh, which means you have managers there at Vanguard that pick and choose what stocks they're going to buy, what stocks they're going to sell, but it also owns a significant amount of bonds as well. 
Um, and typically, and this is just a general, so, so this isn't exact, but typically the target for that fund is going to be somewhere around 30 to 40% in stocks and 50 to 60 percent bonds so it's a it's what i would call a moderate mix the problem that i have with the wellesley fund as well as that dividend growth fund that you have is just what i mentioned they're both actively managed funds which means you have individuals that are trying to outperform the markets by picking as i always say trying to pick horses on the racetrack rather than just owning the doggone racetrack because what we know and this isn't my opinion what we know from reams of evidence although there will be funds that from time to time do beat the certain indexes we know from resource from research that those that do are a very small percentage and the most important thing those that continue and persist to do so going forward are significantly a small amount relative to their past performance. So the first thing that I would highly recommend that you and your husband think about is if these accounts or these funds, and it sounds like they're in IRAs, is that accurate? Yep. Yep. Okay. What's nice is you can consider switching out of those two funds because one of the other problems that, that you have is if you looked under the hood, you're going to see that the Wellesley more than likely owns some, if not many, of the same companies that the Dividend Growth Fund has. I'm not certain of that, but I would bet that there is some overlap. But if you if you instead, based upon your personal goals, based upon sitting down with your financial advisor and you come up with the appropriate allocation of how much do you want in stocks how much do you want in bonds how much do you want in international how much do you want in u.s then build that house using rather than those more expensive speculative active management funds use low cost index funds what you're going to do is you're going to reduce risk of not having to worry about managers trying to pick individual stocks or bonds, that risk is going to go away because when you own these low-cost index funds, they have no judgment on what they're trying to pick. They strictly own all of the stocks or bonds of whatever index it is is mirroring. So you're going to increase your diversification. You're going to lower your risk by not having manager risk and you're going to statistically statistically mathematically increase the probability that over time you're going to continue to have performance above what the averages are but more importantly you're going to always know because if you have a stock index fund you're going to know that that part of your account is strictly stocks if you have a government bond fund you're going to know that that what you have in that is bonds so it's completely transparent so you guys know exactly how you are invested rather than putting it into a hybrid fund like the wellesley where they own some stocks and they own some bonds and they might own some junk bonds in there they might own i mean it's it's all over the map versus a pure diversified approach that you know what you own and you've built that based around your goals and your objectives. So 
I'm not sure who your financial advisor is. You said it's your accountant? Well, we when we were up with the accountant with that, he's the one that, that said about the, doing that. But uh, we don't have a, per se, financial advisor. We just I've just been listening. Uh, <laughs> Listening to you and um, listening to uh, another guy for years, um, been doing it on our own. Okay. Well, and, and, and you can still try to do it on your own, but I would highly suggest, number one, your accountant focus on accounting and not give investment advice, number one, just like I don't give legal tax advice or uh, uh, advice. I mean, I, 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 I help our clients pull things together and discuss estate planning but we always then refer to and rely on estate planning attorneys when we're doing tax work we'll come up with some strategies but we always defer to tax advisors and accountants should not be giving investment advice just like i shouldn't be giving legal tax advice what i would suggest that you do is find yourself and I can tell you it's going to answer all the things that you're asking here. Find yourself a fee-only advisor, and there are a few of us out there. There's not many, but there's a few around here that you can pay for an hour or two, and that's what's nice is you can pay just for an hour or two and bring everything in when you meet with this advisor and have them help you look at what type of monies you want to have in stocks and bonds and cash based upon your goals, your objectives, your tolerance for risk, and then insist and make sure if it's the right advisor, they're going to use low-cost index funds. And that way, you and your husband will know what you own, why you have a certain amount in this, in this, and when you do have monies that you need to do something with, you can have a game plan as to which you know which fund that it's going right. to go into. Otherwise, you're going to continue right. down this, you know, invest right. and hope approach. You know this. You know I think we should put it here. This has been doing okay. Should we put it here? Well, I remember Tim said the Wellesley's got stocks and bonds, both di dividend growth. I mean, you don't you, for for a few hundred bucks to sit down with somebody that is a fiduciary that you and your husband know is required to look out for you that investment will come back to you guys so many multiple times over it 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 really is is the best way rather than your accountant said well you should put it in this well that's not the way to do it i mean that's just yeah. well so. and i i i i agree i didn't i didn't we haven't done anything yet i didn't like the idea of just adding more into the one so i um yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to do that. I would recommend it. And the other thing that's nice is you and your husband will develop a relationship with somebody that you both trust, and that is invaluable. And you always can go and see them whenever you want to. Again, on an hourly arrangement. If you you know if 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 you guys want to do it on your own, that's fine. But at least you'll have a coach there that, as needed, you can sit down yeah. and talk with, always driven by your goals and your objectives, not some whim of, well, I think you should just put it here. That's okay. not the way to do it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very you much. You are so welcome, and I wish you the very, very best.
Okay, let's go to our last break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. Sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Once again, here's Tim. Welcome back, and let me uh, remind you, if you've not yet done so, take advantage of all of the uh, free articles and our monthly newsletter that we provide to anyone. Uh, all you got to do uh, is go to our website, isifinancialgroup.com. That's isifinancialgroup.com. Bo- uh, the lower right-hand corner, you can sign up to receive absolutely free uh, articles that I write, uh, our monthly news letter, as well as a monthly video blog. Uh, again, that's isifinancialgroup.com, and the name of the monthly newsletter is Insights and Education. Before we go, uh, I'm going to go uh, right in just one second to Joe Joseph from Anvil. I got an email here, and I, I can answer it real quick. Uh, Barry emailed me and uh, asked me about floating rate bonds, and are they like junk bonds? Uh I, I assume what you're asking about um, are mutual funds that invest in floating rate bank loans. They're most often called floating rate funds. Uh, Eaton Vance is one of the fund families that uh, had one of the earliest ones out there, and now there's many fund families that offer floating rate funds. A lot of brokers sell them. I will only answer it by telling you what the facts are. Are they like junk bonds? What you, what I recommend you take note of, Barry, is all we got to do is go back to 2008 when the stock market went through its major decline. During that time, investment grade and government bonds had positive returns, which is what you want from anything having to do with bonds, of anywhere between 5 and 10%. Perfect. That's what you want your bond part of your portfolio to do. However, According to Morningstar, and I looked this up during the break, I already knew what I was going to see. I just didn't remember what the exact numbers are. The category of bank loan funds or floating rate funds was down 29%, negative. When you look at Morningstar, these loans are rated in the lowest category. They are junk bonds. Obviously, junk bonds behave more like stocks during market downturns, and that's why I would never recommend for you or anyone else anything to do with floating rate funds. So hope that helps. Okay, let's go to Joseph from Anvil. Hi, Joseph. Morning, Tim. How can uh, I help you, sir? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. A uh, 70-year-old individual, single, with a couple children, and a will that everything goes to my children. Uh, my question uh if I die, my kids are going to pay a 15% Pennsylvania inheritance tax. Am I correct? I I do not believe that's accurate. Um, if if they are your children, if it's going directly down to your kids, I believe it's more like four percent. Oh. Um, I, I I I will double check on that, and I would recommend you double check on that. But you can easily uh, if you. Google Pennsylvania inheritance tax, which if I had no break here, I would do it. But I believe, and I'm not 100% certain, but I'm pretty 
confident that if it goes down directly to your kids, that it's not the 15, that it's more like four or five. Uh, well, to avoid that tax, uh, can I get my kids that's going to go to them anyhow uh, while I'm still alive, just keep a little bit for myself? I have a sizable nest egg. Uh, can I just give that money to my kids now and avoid paying, they avoid paying any inheritance tax at all? With, without giving you legal advice, because we're starting to get into some legal things here, I will only say I believe you are accurate. But I would double double check with your uh, legal estate planning attorney. But I think you're on the right track there. Absolutely. Okay. I, I know the, uh, there's a federal tax, but it's like a million dollars. I don't have that kind of money. But I, well, uh, no, no it's, it's not even that anymore. Um no. Yeah, yeah. The way it works for 2018 is you can now give up to fifteen thousand. It was fourteen. You can give up to fifteen thousand for a gift to anyone, which means if you're married, you can give fifteen thousand to a child, and your wife can as well. Um, before you have to worry about filing a gift tax return, but that's not an issue anyway, only because with the new estate tax laws you can have are you ready you can have up to 11.2 million dollars in each of your names if you're married but for each individual you can pass on to heirs whatever all the way up to 11.2 million before you have to worry about any federal state taxes yeah, I just thought it's going to go to them anyhow it might as well give it to them now uh, they're grown no one of the best one of the best estate planning strategies are if you have more once you make sure that you're taken care of and make sure you you know make sure you've looked at long-term care and are you going to self-fund that do you have enough money for that if you ever need that cuz that that can wipe out or have a major impact on an estate very fast so look at that or if you have an insurance policy that's going to help with that but make sure that you've got enough to address that one way or another and then after all that if you got enough of your own income and you know all, all that and you're certain that you're going to have enough then gifting hands down is one of the single best strategies to consider well, nursing homes they have a five-year you know look look back so yep uh, i thought if i do that i should do it as sooner than later then the yep. nursing home end up getting the money instead of my children Yep, yep, and, okay. and you're right. But, again, that should be part of your estate plan. You know, run that all by your attorney. But my understanding, again, without giving legal advice, is you're absolutely accurate. There is a five-year look back. So Okay. Yep. Well, thank you very much, and you have a good day. You too. I wish you the very best, okay? All right, let's go to, I believe we have Joe from York Springs. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, just fine. I appreciate your program. I appreciate you taking my call. Okay, my question is, uh, I was wondering if we should change our uh, investments from Edward Jones to Thrivent. Well, that's like going from the from the fire to the frying pan. <laughs> okay. What okay. I mean is, is if you're working with somebody that is already a what's called registered representative which is what representatives at edward jones as well as thrivent 
okay? You are working with somebody who is not a fee-only fiduciary advisor. You are working with a registered representative who represents the company first and you second. I would not work with anybody as a financial advisor unless they are a 100% fee-only financial fiduciary. And if you go to our website and you download the questionnaire that we have, and if you were to ask your current advisor at Edward Jones or at Thrivent, if you would insist that they answer the questions on that in writing and email it back, you will find out that they are not fee-only advisors. They will not sign the fiduciary oath to always put your best interest first at all times. So I would recommend that you guys take a step back, download that questionnaire I have, and go out and search for a fee-only advisor versus somebody who gets compensated based upon products and all that. Because then you got con- then you got conflicts of interest, and that can only lead to bad things. So that's the best that I can offer you. But I wouldn't work with the registered representative of any firm. I would only only work with a 100% fee-only fiduciary advisor. I hope that helps you. Wow, time went fast, and uh, we didn't get to the topic that I wanted to discuss. I wanted to talk to you about confidence. How confident are you with your current investments? Because that's really what's going to get you through the next market decline, and what are some things you can look at. So we'll talk about that next week and then also i wanted to share with you a a recent client experience but i will share that with you next week as well thank you so much for joining us we'll be with you next week remember in the world of investing it's never too late to do the right thing